Hear us herein, the host of the hour, first to follow the fox named Neve, with b- books laid before the bear named M, to read and retire around the long fire. I would consider giving you shit about this, but it's been like a month. It feels like it is yeah. not been a month. It feels like a month since we've last <clears throat> recorded. It's it's still been like a few weeks. Uh, good news is uh, because you, your your audio just fucked up immediately. You're getting fiber <laughs> internet soon. Yeah, which hopefully, fingers crossed, will fix the problem. Um, it's I'm not gonna. I was going to say this, I guess I could say the specific date, but it's like uh, the end of the month. So I think we'll have one more recording it's before the 20th. that we're, we're That's fine. We're coming up on it. By nipple yeah. and lead, we'll be fucking rocking. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll see if like, but I'm also hoping that in the, it being installed, there's like something I can do about the location of it so that mm. the router doesn't have to be on the opposite fucking side of the, the mm. apartment. So, yeah. um, we'll see. Okay. Uh, but I also just know that it's generally more stable. And I, while I do think being in the closet is part of the Wi-Fi issue, um, it also, I, I like dial into a, a virtual desktop when I work from home. Yeah. Um, and especially lately, but like periodically, I'll just have periods of like, you know, um, it'll just like freeze up for like a minute sometimes or something while I'm working. So, um, it's a thing that like has come and gone, but it's been happening more again lately. So, yeah. um, I was just like, we are not buying a, a like condo or something this year. I'm just going to do this. So fuck. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, two weeks ago we were, I think we were both feeling sad and down. I think this is what happened. I think the call was made for mental health reasons. Then I caught yeah. COVID. And so last week was out. Honestly, I feel kind of shit crappy today. And if I hadn't punted on you twice in a row, I would have done it again today, but it's fine. I yeah. just, I met through my Paxlovid. And then today I was getting a sore throat again. And I was like, this fucking sucks. But I, you know, I tried to rest tonight and I'm ready to go. I don't think this is going to be super long. So don't expect two hours out of me. I don't think I have it. Yeah. Um, I, uh, so the first week, I think like you were more mentally down. I was a little bit. And then I was also like kind of sick, but like oh, in right, a way you had where cold I, and I was, I was depressed yeah. and cold, yes. Yeah, it was a cold where I was like, I could do it, but like if you're not feeling it tonight, let's just let's just like punt because mm-hmm. I'm also not entirely like jazzed for it. Um and would prefer to just go to bed super early. Um and then yeah, last week you had you had COVID. You still do, but hopefully are a little bit better. I got my booster for flu and COVID uh yesterday, so I'm nice. feeling kind of rough from that tonight. So I this can't get short. my booster now until late December. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can probably do flu. Oh, yeah, I will. Still. My work always does yeah. flu in October, so I'll get a flu shot probably in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, My work, like, will do a day where you can get it in office or whatever, but now I work, work from, from home. home. Yeah. Yeah. Not, like, constantly, but uh, the chances of me being in on the day when they do it are, are a lot lower, so. Yeah. Um. And I was doing the COVID booster and the, they were like, do you want the flu too? And I was like, yeah, sure. Just fuck me up. <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, would you, we should probably do the saga before we do anything else. Yeah. Um, I, so I read this back when we were originally going to record, um, oh, yeah, two weeks ago, me too. Did not reread. Yeah. And, and say Olaf saga does not deserve the reread. So, no. um, 
I did have this moment where I was trying to take notes at the beginning, and then I hit a chapter that I thought was good and made a note that I thought the chapter was good, um, and then stopped taking notes. So I can oh, do the, the notes up until that, that well, I that I did. Good thing you chose to read 35 <laughs> chapters this time, which I, I remember at the time going, I can't believe we're reading this many chapters. Are you fucking out of your mind? They weren't that long. And I remember yeah. being okay, but genuinely... Don't know a fucking thing that happened. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't even need to make a meme. The image is going to be tulip. I know it's going to be tulip. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I'll read what I have. Uh, yeah. and then, and then we'll get to the chapter that I said was good and I'll try and look at it in my book and see if I can remember and we can see if we can figure out anything else from there. Okay. Um, but, uh, so here's the notes I took. Uh, Olivier Harry's in Denmark because Knut is in England. Mm-hmm. He meets up with Onander, also harrying, and they subjugate a bunch of Denmark. Mm-hmm. Queen Emma of Normandy uses trickery to produce a letter with King Knut's signature saying that her son, Hortha Knut, is to be king of Denmark, then throws him under the bus when Knut finds out. Um, I thought this was a good little bit, just for, like, weird family politicking. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was fine. It was better than some of the sagas. It was better than the harrying that came before it. Um, then Knut comes to Denmark... Uh, Hertha Knut gives up the title of king, and King Oliver and King Onander hightail it out of Denmark because Knut has a huge force um, and has instantly regained the trust of everybody in Denmark because everybody loves him, and he's a way better king than both of them. Um, Olivier and Onander uh, fuck up a river called Awen Helga, or the Holy River, um, and there's a big battle there where Olivier releases the dam, uh, that he created to cause the river to flow back in and like push a bunch of logs and shit out into the, the bay and like fuck up, uh, Knut's force and, um, you know, push them further out from the bay and stuff. Mm. Um, it's another like little moment of, this is like a thing I associate with, uh, St. Olivier is his like having these little, uh, tactical tricks. Um, and then we get to the, the Earl Oliver chapter, which I apparently thought was good, but don't remember anymore what happened in it. <laughs> okay. Um, but it's the one where, uh, King Knut has, uh, Earl Oliver slain. Um, is this the one where we get the, the heated gamer moment with chess? Was oh, that right. This... That, fuck, I thought that was the one before that we already recorded about. Shit. Maybe. It's been so long. My main thing is I remember the end of this being Olaf kind of just being, a fussy dad on vacation because he's fucking leaving and everyone's like, oh, we can't cook the meat and whatever. And he's like, oh, pile all the food. We got to get the food going, standing out in a field in his fucking bathrobe, being like, can we get this shit fucking vacation on the road, please, love of God. Um, Yeah. And uh, to me, that's what kings are. At the the end of the day, kings are just dads who have been allowed to go too far. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so this chapter, the King Knut and, and Earl Oliver... Um, they, uh, play chess. King Knut, like, cheats, basically. Yes. Um, and the, the Earl takes a knight, and then the king's like, yeah, he, like, messes up. The, the, the Earl takes a knight, and the king's like, oh, oh, I didn't mean to do that, and, like, redoes it. Um, and the Earl's like, uh, you know, basically you're cheating at the, the board game, at, at our chess game. Um, and so then the king calls him a coward. Uh, things escalate and, um, basically, like, King Knut puts a, a hit on <laughs> Earl Olivier because of this. Um, I think it, like, yeah, it happens in the church in the choir. Um, Earl Oliver is run through with a sword. 
Um, oh shit! So. The fucking there was a gay thing that happened in this chapter. I went back through my screenshots. Oh, yeah. like, I have a screenshot from this because there's a whole bit where uh, Erling is like the king's got Erling dead to rights. Like, oh, swear allegiance to me, Erling, and he's like that I will. And he takes off his helmet, and he lays on his sword and shield, and he goes forward to the mask. And the king gets the point of his axe, like he pulls his axe out, and he gets him right into the chin where the point is like digging into Erling's chin. Like I assume there's like yeah. a little sexy blood bead going down the axe thing. Yes, and he says. <laughs> A mark he shall bear, the betrayer of his king. And then Oslock shows up and fucking, like, saw trap hits Erling in the back of the head with his axe. So I assume he just gets fucking sandwiched between the axes and it pierces his brain. He fucking dies. And King Olaf is like, I can't believe you do that. I was having a sexy moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's the best thing that's happened in this entire story, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good, too. Um <laughs> But yeah, a lot of it too. There, there's the whole part where they're like in this holding pattern in the bay because uh, it's like okay, if he comes after, like if Knut comes after us right now, we can take him. Because mm-hmm. um, the further that he goes away from land, the more people will like want to go back home or whatever. Uh, but then he's like with a bunch of people who want to go back home, so everything just like falls apart on on King Olivier here. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, as soon as King Knut comes to Norway, everyone's like, "You are better. You will be king." <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, we also get that side story with um, Thorir, who was bribed by King Knut. Um, and there's the whole, like, the king puts his hand on his arm and to feel the, the uh, ring that he's like... Cause usually when they say ring, they mean like a, a arm ring. Uh, they feel the ring that's on his arm under the shirt. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that was most of it. But yeah, there's like an extended period of them just being in this weird holding pattern and King Olivier being like very annoying about like everybody needs to stay here uh, so that we can do the like good tactical move. Um, and everyone's like, we want to go home. <laughs> uh, you suck. But yeah, and then he's just a dad for a long time, just getting ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and next chapter we're going to read, he's going to leave, uh, but vow to return to Norway. So yeah well we have two do we do we have two sections of reading left yep yeah next week we're reading chapters 180 to 215 and the week after that we'll be reading 216 to 251 and then we'll be fucking done and then yeah. we'll probably take a week off and then we'll be reading um we'll be reading to belong and lead we're probably going to read that uh at hato version it's the penguin classics if you would like a physical book copy yeah um, which I ordered as we began this podcast. So I should order that as well. Yeah. We'll figure out how we divide the pages on that. Cause you aren't f- that familiar with it. Right. I assume. Yeah. So we'll probably just do it mathematically and, uh, regard our words and deeds. It'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, for a lot of these, I've been, I've been doing it mathematically, but then I, I'm familiar enough that I'll like check some of the chapters and be like, oh, I'm going to shift it like five pages earlier or later mm-hmm. or something to, to try and get us to a better stopping point. But, um, yeah, we will probably just very mathematically divide it up. So, so, um, thanks for listening to the sagas. Saga chat is over. Uh, I have nothing to say because I read it three yeah. weeks ago. Might as well be another person <laughs> who did that. Get the um, fuck out of here, Norwegian Kings. Yeah. Um, so Kiara did a karaoke today, an unarchived karaoke, because she was trying to get to 1.5 million subscribers. She did. Took like six hours. I don't think she was planning for it to take six hours. I watched the first like hour and a half. And she was like, I love Wednesday. I'm going to sing the Wednesday song. And I was like, 
because all she does when she's done streaming is watch bad Netflix shows and lie. She didn't even lie. I, you know, I'm doing the meme uh, for people yeah. who are old or don't care. Um, and I knew exactly what was going to happen. And I was correct. And that she was playing. She, she ended up singing uh, Lady Gaga's Bloody Mary, to which I go, that's not the fucking Wednesday song. <laughs> Because I also watch Wednesday. Don't ask me why. If season two came out, I'd watch it. I was fine. Sometimes you like a, a goth girl who's rude. You don't need much more than that. Yeah. Um, but in the dance sequence, uh, famously, she dances to the Cramps Goo Goo Muck, which is a great song. And TikTok took the exact like dance and put it uh, over Lady Gaga's Bloody Mary uh, as like the meme. And I don't, I mean, other than TikTok is a cesspool of taste and brain function i don't know why because it's such a downgrade i i don't even yeah. that's like one of the last lady gaga songs that is good if you ask me but still it's a downgrade from the cramps yeah that's all i this was my opening to uh our own non hopeful <laughs> <laughs> um she sang yeah. like half half the important discography of lily allen like right out the gate and i was like kiara you're so basic i love you you're my oshi for a reason but you're fucking basic <laughs> However, I did know all the songs because I also listened to a lot of Lily Allen fucking 20 years ago or whatever. <laughs> 15. I don't know when when uh, like Smile was really relevant back then, whatever year that was. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm still going strong with watching a bunch of Nerissa streams. There's like some that I've fallen behind on. I haven't been mm-hmm. like a big watch later uh, playlist. Yeah. Um, and I just like plug away at them when I'm at work sometimes, but I do not, um, I do not keep up on anybody like that. Um, I mean, you'll be happy to know that like any time of flower, sun and rain, like let's play, it gets like put at the top of that, that list. But I gotta tell you, have you listened to this recent episode? Yes. Um, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to make that kid's voice come out of my mouth again (laughs) when I'm not sick. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I hope he doesn't show up again, because that was truly a voice that you can only achieve when you're fucking sick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that kid was incredible. It was so good. That game's uh, a fucking treat. I'm so glad we're playing it. Because I've always yeah. wanted to play it, but genuinely, I don't think I would enjoy it nearly as much if I wasn't, like, carefully going through a Dia. I just... I'm cultivating it, but I'm very impatient. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm impatient gamers. I just don't have it. Like things take a long time. I feel like my time's being wasted. I get antsy. I'm slowly working my way out of it, but it's like, this is the challenge of my adulthood. There's other ones, but this is one of the challenges of my adulthood is to try to cultivate some patience. Yeah. Um, it was a game that I was like vaguely aware of, uh, like probably after it came out on on PlayStation Two in Japan, but I was like mm-hmm. aware of it as like something that I was hoping would get translated. Yeah. Um, and then once the the is it DS or 3DS? It's DS. DS. Once that version came out, um, I was still like playing games and stuff, but I just never got around to it in the way that like if it had come out on PlayStation Two like localized in English, yeah. um, I would have definitely just gotten it and played it at the time, mm-hmm. um. And so I was like vaguely aware of it, but I was kind of unprepared for how much it's one of those like, oh yeah, Japan really loved Twin Peaks games. Yes. <laughs> um, it, it's like just extremely that in, in many ways. So um, I, my, my, the plus is the last game I played that was like that was Deadly Premonition, which is a game I do not like that much. Um, even before all the stuff with Suda, I think the Deadly Premonition, uh, 
the people who like that game like a lot expressly as like a thing that they hold on to i don't think they're wrong for doing so i just think that they allow charm points to overcome the fact that the game is fucking hot dog shit um yeah and uh i'm, I'm typically not willing to do that for, especially when it's a game where you spend most of your time doing bad resident evil 4 shooting um yeah but um I, that game also i have is a just fondness for it weeks. and i'm i'm glad that i played it but i have yeah. a friend who like plays it every single year and i'm Ooh. like you could not get me to play that game again yeah no me either i played it and i was like <laughs> Uh, I, I enjoyed like about 30% of this. And I think the rest of it is like genuinely bad though. Every time, especially if I've been sick, every time I've, I go like three days without a shower and I'm like, my hair's greasy and I feel bad and like, I haven't shaved and I feel inhuman whenever I'm like shaving or taking a shower. I just think stinky agent. <laughs> it's been stuck in my head since that game fucking came out. Stinky. Agent um, tax. <laughs> yeah. The two that I always think of is, um, Usually it's not coffee because when I have coffee in the morning, um, no I have like a coffee. I yeah, I have an espresso machine. Yeah, uh, and I do like basically a cortado every morning. But I have mm. tea in the afternoon. Cortado. I'm not a coffee weirdo. What's a cortado? Uh, cortado is like espresso and then like a little bit of milk. Oh, okay. Um, it's like less milk than, and it's not quite as foamy than like a cappuccino. Okay. Uh, but it, it is a little bit more milk than uh, espresso macchiato, which is like espresso and then like yes. basically just enough to fill up the cup all the way with with milk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do like espresso macchiato. I was actually, uh, I think it was like just on the phone. I don't think this was on a podcast with Autumn, so I don't think it's come up. I think we were just calling while I was commuting once uh, and talking about the difference of the espresso macchiato is like you literally want to be done drinking it and then like like as you're walking out the door of the coffee shop that's like the espresso macchiato vibe Mm. and the cortado is like i want to have this to go i'm still gonna finish it like within a block or two like it's going to be gone fast but i i want that same experience but i want it to like last a little bit more Mm. um but that's usually what i make in the morning uh in part because i just don't want to drink a ton of milk every single morning um so just having a little bit uh, but when I, when I make my tea in the afternoon, <clears throat> um, I do like just a tiny splash of milk and sometimes cause I've just like stirred it up to put like a little bit of sugar in, um, and then I pour the milk and it will swirl and I'll get like the kind of lines from it. And that's when I think FK in the coffee, oh. um, even though it's tea. Um, and then the other one is, uh, Whenever there are, like, people describe food that they eat that seems like it's food that they're eating to punish themselves, I do think in my head, it's like the sinner sandwich. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I actually think about that sometimes, too. Yeah. Those are, like, those people are, are like, memories. Uh, really, like, eating the rice cakes, and they don't seem to enjoy them. Just, like, those crunchy rice cakes. Oh, yeah, um, the diet food of everyone's mom yeah. in the 80s yeah. and 90s, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think of those as, like, a sinner sandwich thing, too. Yeah. <laughs> They're nasty. Um, They're fucking terrible. I do not understand. Yeah. I'm like, just eat like a, a cell, like a stick of celery or like yeah. a carrot or something. I get don't an apple. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'll fuck up a whole bag of carrots. Get some hummus. You, you can eat better. Yeah. You've discovered <laughs> food that's not from the Midwest. Like you can eat. Yeah. Um, I, I won't badmouth though. The, the snow cakes or the, the snow crackers. Snow biscuits. I think that's what they usually call I don't know what that is. Um, it's sort of like, it's, it's like a different texture, but it is like a little rice crispy thing. And then there's like just a little bit, it's like salty, but then there's just like a drizzle of like glaze on top. 
where you like see the lines. So it's a little bit sweet I, and salty. I Googled snow biscuits and literally mostly on what I'm getting is like decadent winter desserts. So I don't think you're talking about the same thing. Um, the thing is, so I specifically know these from, um, let me see if I can. Oh, here. Yeah. If you do snow crackers, you'll get it. Oh, snow crackers. Okay. Um, I know these from like oh, the these. first time I ever I don't had like them. These either, but I do understand they're better. Yeah, I just they are also better. think I also think like I could be eating anything else right now. I could get some fucking like uh, shrimp crackers. Those are good. Yeah, I do like these. Um, but yeah, the first time I had them was uh in China when I was there for my brother's wedding. Um, I didn't know you were and so then they were. How how do yeah. you not know this? I, I don't know. My my brother got married in China because he, he lived there for a stairwells? while. I feel like it's a stairwell story. Probably. Somehow I've missed. Yeah. Um, and then I, I went there for the wedding um, mm. for like a week. Um, uh, and he was in uh, Xi'an. So, um, which is like, it's like middle of the country, but it's like uh, far west for, um, you know, the, the like primary population so it's like starting to butt up against like where there's like more muslim populations <clears throat> so there's like a lot of like lamb and mutton and stuff um oh, and, like nice. cumin in the food so it's really yeah. good um but yeah i got one of these and so it was one of those where like uh i was just eating it there and like i was like what are these called and so it was like whatever the you know um the mandarin name was for it and then trying to translate it and they were like snow biscuit <laughs> um so, mm -hmm. but I do enjoy these as like a little tiny snack. Sometimes mm -hmm. they're good for like keeping in a bag, you know, like yeah. you like have it in the bag that you take to work in case you like get hungry, um, in a way that I'm not going to do with carrots or whatever. Yeah. Fair enough. Anyway. I, um, I don't know what I was going to say. We were talking about, I don't care about. I don't care about Deadly Premonition. Flower Sunrise is good. It's a better Twin Peaks than Deadly Premonition. That's I think that's yeah. all I had actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think Narissa's evil, <laughs> but like yeah. in the way that like when I was insecure when I was like sixteen and I didn't know how to operate in a friend group, I would default to being evil, like kind of playfully evil. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's exactly the way Narissa's. I think she's like insecure evil. Yeah. Um, cause she's her most evil in like the, the, uh, Minecraft collabs where she's just a cartoon version of herself. Yeah. Um, especially that because she's like the most experienced one, I think. Uh, and then like had the whole, uh, getting led around by, um, Kiara first. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind that Shiori is the only person who actually cares about what's going on. Yeah. Um, I mean, she does just seem like deeply needy, uh, yes. in a way that I relate to. So yeah, no, I, I understand this. I, I think know. I'm better about it, but I, I understand. <laughs> yes. Um, there's the, the like collab with, uh, Bijou where they're just talking about like the first time that they hung out in person. Mm -hmm. Um, and, they're like talking about how they're best friends and that like they immediately were friends. Uh like right from the beginning. <laughs> Bijou of the... is like a an actual baby. I don't <laughs> yeah. like I feel like 
in pr- putting this on Bijou is uh, she doesn't know any better. She's never been outside yeah. before. <laughs> um, and so like right from the get go, it's like, oh, yeah, we're like. You know, we instantly were friends, like we were best friends. Um, people like Narissa saying, like people often put like, oh, uh, you and Shiori, but like, honestly, like Bibu's the, the one from the, you know, uh, like from Advent that I talk to the most that I like mm-hmm. feel most friends with. Uh, and then like 45 minutes in, Narissa's like, so do you think that I'm annoying? And I'm like, this is real. <laughs> that is the most being yeah. friends with you experience I've ever had. Um, yeah. And then there's a part, I forget what the actual story was, but she was telling some story, uh, about, you know, when she was a kid being like the, the second youngest of five, um, and realized that the story could be read as like her parents were neglectful. And so she's like, not that I'm saying that my parents were neglectful. They, they weren't neglectful. And I was like, are you, are you sure? <laughs> Um, I'm just saying stuff's lining up with, with my backstory as well. You know, four siblings, uh, you are extremely needy. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm still enjoying, uh, Narissa's streams. Um, uh, you bought a steam deck. I did. I actually have it in here cause I didn't. I, I got in here and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be ready right away. So maybe I'll like futz around on it. Um, but then you yeah. were ready pretty quick. So, yeah, I mean, I um, was I was laying in bed watching my third go around tonight of Bjork talk about the television and not letting Puss <laughs> lie to you. Because that's the kind of night I've been yeah. having. Um, yeah, it's a fucking classic. Yeah, no, it's one of the greatest cinematic moments of our time. Um it truly is good, is the thing. And sometimes yeah. you're just like, I'm feeling bad, and I know that Neve's going to be ready any minute, so I'm just going to watch this. And you end up watching it three times. You know, it's it's fine. I will do yeah. it again bef- <laughs> in my life many times. Um, but um, it's like for a TV program. I, I Like, I wish they d- had done more with her. Like, it's good. I, anyway. Yeah. Um, no, I just had to get a soda because I needed something to drink because my throat is fucking killing me. And then I was ready to go. Um, because yeah. my computer's just like on my mic's right in front of me. Like I'm, you know, I'm ready to go at, you know, I have a s- s- permanent setup ready to record anytime. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got How this thing like yesterday. So, okay. um, like <clears throat> I got it towards the end of my work, my work day. So mm-hmm. like, you know, I went and I got the package and I opened it up and plugged it in. Um, just to sort of get it going and like did the like basic setup real quick. Uh, and then I was just having it download a bunch of my Steam games that I want to have on it. Um, so then after like my kids' bedtime and everything, uh, I played like the intro part of Armored Core 6. Um, so that's like, you know, coming in and like you haven't even gotten to your little workshop yet. You're like trying to get the, uh, yeah, you fight the helicopter. Normal. Yeah, you fight the helicopter. Um, I was gonna, that? I was gonna reference another game randomly, which is I was gonna say, "Hey, fifty, go hit that big ass ramp." But man, um, the giant bomb drops of t- two thousand eight coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you gotta play as Donnie Yeo if you're doing, if you're doing multiplayer. I, I've never played that, and I never will. But I do know enough about it because of Jeff Gersman. Yeah, uh, that I never should care about. Uh, 50 Cent really fucking hates helicopters. So yep. whenever I fight a helicopter, I just think about that game. Yeah. Every single boss fight in that is the same boss fight. <laughs> He's looking for a crystal skull and, yeah. uh, he hates helicopters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, fought the helicopter and then, uh, spent like just a, you know, don't even have parts to customize, but just spent time like doing a, a, a paint like yeah. scheme. Yeah. Um, so I just need to get that sorted. Uh, and then I haven't played any more since. That's um, I also got soul hackers too, which I'll probably start playing soon. Um, oh, right. You, I, I was like, don't you have like anything else to play that on? But I guess like a switch, right? But who, um, who? I don't think it was on switch. It's on, uh, oh, really? PlayStation four, but I was like, when it came out, I was like, well, I might get a new console at some point and I would want it for that. Uh, and then the new consoles kept not being that appealing. Oh yeah. They totally Um, didn't put it out on switch. That's wild. Yeah. And at this point, the idea of, uh, turning on my PlayStation four to play it on my big TV is like so alien to me. Uh, I've not turned that thing on and you, you've listened to my podcast. You know, I fucking hate the PlayStation four. What a miserable (laughs) piece of shit that thing is. Uh, I had, I had some real good times with the PlayStation 4, but at this point, the idea of turning it on to play a game, yeah. um, I mean, part of it too is that like, you know, maybe at some point when we, when we do have a different space, I will have like a spot to like have another, like, you know, smaller TV or something. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point I would like to get like a, a nice OLED TV. I don't know when that's going to be. That's like a, a far off thing, but I'd probably keep the TV I have currently when that happens. So maybe at that point I would have like, okay, this is like a TV for, I'm just going to do like console gaming stuff here or whatever. Um, but like Emily usually wants to watch TV in the evenings and I tend to prefer handheld games anyways. So, uh, the Steam Deck has been a, a real, I, I can already feel like it's going to be a real boon for me. So, um, cause right now I basically only ever game on the Switch if I do game because I can just play it like, you know, sitting on the sofa or in bed or whatever. That's fair. So I tend to kind of rotate around all my stuff. Um, yeah. But I'm, that's cause I'm, uh, the most gaming moded. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I mean, at some point I'll probably try to get the, the like stuff where you can play this on the TV, like the steam deck on the TV, uh, for when I want to do that. But, um, in general, handheld is my, my preferred method. So, Mm um, but yeah, I also loaded, uh, hollow here on here. Yeah. It runs great. Um, Yeah. Um, and then I just like loaded some of the other stuff that I, I had on Steam that I played a little bit of, but wanted to either get back to or, um, I assume Battletech runs a little bit better on the Steam Deck than it did on my computer. So mm. I might try and play more of that at some point too. But I think Armor Core 6 is going to take precedence. That's more than my, the mech vibes that I want. So yeah, that's fair. I was going to say, like, how do you like it? But you've used one. Autumn has one. So I know you've used one before. So. I've, like, briefly held one. Oh, okay. I've been like, oh, at some point I should, like, you know, just, like, play something on it for a little bit to, like, yeah. see what it's like. Um, and then it just kept, like, I usually don't hang out at their place that often. Um, yeah. They often wouldn't bring it over because also, like, Nora might want to play it and stuff. So I've never, like, sat down and played a game on it but i did oh, okay. hold it a few times and you know so it is sense of what it's going to be like but it's still nice to like have one you're like this thing's fucking big it is um it has a nice weight in the hands though yeah it's weird i um 
because I was pretty, I was like, because I think the the st- uh, the switch, like especially in its normal Joy-Con configuration, just is uncomfortable to hold for long periods of time. And so mm-hmm. I was convinced the Steam Deck would just be a miserable experience. But because the weight is so far forward, like it's it's at the top of the console in a large yeah. part. So when you hold it at like an angle, it just kind of pulls your hands down, and it, it it just doesn't fatigue them in the same way. It just works. It's also much thicker, so your hands have something to hold on to. Switching my Joy Cons yeah. to like the Hori Split Pad has helped a lot for when I do use the Switch. Though now going back to the Switch, I'm like, what is this fucking child's toy this thing feels fake i'm gonna snap it in half yeah (laughs) yeah the the split pro controller um if you're gonna play for an extended period of time like handheld on the switch i feel like it's just like do yourself that favor if you don't have it you know yeah yeah. (laughs) um but yeah the the weirdest thing is that the the position of the like buttons when you look at it, you're like, why is like the yeah. B button falling off the side yeah. of of the Steam Deck? And yet it feels good when you're playing. Yeah, the minute it. I, I don't it, I was understand like, oh, it. They fucking like did it. They just put it in a yeah. weird place and we're like, this is gonna work because people are gonna hold it and understand. And you were they were right. People held it and understood. And there's just like a, a little bit of like a, a curve yeah. uh at the bottom that's yeah. like just perfect for like your thumb pad. Yeah. It's it's yeah. It it is a lot more uh pleasant to hold than the switch. So Yeah. Um Yeah. So I'm glad you got one because now you can play video games with everyone else. Yeah. Um I feel like I, I still often am like am like a uh you know, single player kind of gamer. Uh my big multiplayer thing was fighting games, and I'm like for various reasons, uh, trepidatious uh, about going back to that life. I, um, I think it says something about me that when I said that, I didn't mean it as in you were going to play multiplayer with us. I meant you will join <laughs> us in playing games and discussing them with yeah. frequency. Yeah, yeah. At okay. no point did yeah. I, cro- did I will, it cross I my mind that. that I meant we were going to squat up about... in anything. <laughs> um, I will talk about Soul Hackers too, and everyone will be annoyed. Um, but I mean, Dia really liked it, so you could talk yeah. to Dia about it. That's true. Um, this was like immediately after we stopped recording for uh, Pondering Pluton last night. Um, yeah. But I mentioned to Connor, one, I was like, oh, I, I thought this might come up on the podcast, but we just actually talked about the manga the whole time, mm-hmm. um, which every time it happens, it feels like a bit that we did that. Um, but uh, I was like, one, I'm getting fiber internet because I, I didn't uh, notified Connor yet of the actual plan. I just sort of said, I'm going to upgrade at some point. Um, and I was like, also I got a steam deck and I got armored core six on this. And Connor was like, Oh, that's out now. So, um, I guess he's been playing Baldur's gate three and has been wanting to upgrade his PC, but being like, this isn't this game like makes me want to, but not enough for the push. But he's like, uh, armored core six is going to be the push. So, um, yeah, I think he's like going to upgrade his PC and get Armor Core Six, and then at some point we both will have played enough that there'll probably just be an entire puton about it. So, oh nice. Um, and then also since um, I his his like PC is old enough that uh, 
there's a lot of parts that like work fine for for most games but that he just wants to like upgrade a bunch of stuff he's like if i upgrade one thing i'm gonna like end up upgrading a bunch of it uh but he's like my graphics card is still pretty good though um and there's like a few other parts that he has that he's like these are still like pretty good parts um so he he said that he might send those to me because otherwise you just get rid of them um, in case I want to try and build a PC later, which I think would also be a when I have a new space thing. But mm-hmm. um, that's the other nice thing about the Steam Deck is I've thought for a long time about like building a gaming PC, uh, yeah. but it's just such a, a daunting task and to be like, oh, I can buy stuff on Steam on the Steam Deck. And then one and day ready, when I, I have a gaming PC. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have like that library. So, um, cause so far most of my gaming has been on a MacBook, but that's not very fun. Most of the, it works for, for like visual novels and stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Stellaris, I played with a, uh, um, oh, the, the like Intuos, uh, drawing pads. Oh, God, um, okay. Not yeah, the ones sure. where, like, it is a monitor in and of itself, but where you're, like, looking at the monitor and then drawing on the pad. Yeah, like um, Wacom. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and so, and then I have, like, hotkeys, because there's a bunch of hotkeys on the side, so those are, like, yes. set up to do, like, common things. Um, and then I would also have to use the keyboard, but, uh, yeah, that's how I did, like, strategy game stuff, so. Um, wild to me. It's it's actually kind of nice just because it's very easy to like, like I find it more comfortable than a mouse to just like quickly move around and and like click on things. So, mm-hmm. um, but this is also coming from uh, I was a like my undergrad I did art and design and some like I had a laptop that was uh the like art program got gave everyone uh laptops as part of the program which was really nice um. But yeah, then I had the, the like, uh, you know, drawing tablet, uh, and that was like hooked up all the time. And so obviously I was using it for like drawing and art stuff, but then I just used it constantly as a mouse. Uh, so now I find it like really comfortable. Um, but I don't do it nearly as much anymore because it, it would be weirder at work or whatever, but, <laughs> um, I do like it. Um, do you want to talk about Tulip? Yeah, let's talk about Tulip. So you talked about Tulip last episode, maybe, I think. Maybe the episode before that. I don't remember. Yeah. And then I went, because uh, I kind of knew enough about Tulip, what Tulip was to know I would not want to play Tulip. Um, I know what my predilections are for video games and where my limits are. So I was like, I'm going to watch a Tulip Let's Play. Um, and I did. So uh, if you go to youtube and search for tulip uh one of the let's plays the first one comes up even above the game grumps is by this channel called steven plays who's this guy who just plays games sometimes with his wife and it's him and his wife and his wife's 100 of the game like multiple times um and they trade off every episode who's controlling it but she's got like a notes of how to get all of the the kisses um as they play and it's just like showing her husband this game that she loves and really like knows as he's baffled and uh delighted by it. And it's really cool. It's he's a little like, oh look at this wacky ass video game for me. But it it's a pretty sedate channel. Um wholesome, I guess you would say. No swearing, that sort of thing. Um but um I watched all of Tulip. And in doing so, uh Tulip's fucking incredible. Yeah. It's a really, really good game. I, I would hate it if I tried to play it because it's like 
it's like Animal Crossing on a clock, and the clock is like absolute and brutal in that like characters are going to show up from like five in the morning to like nine in the morning. And if you don't talk to them, they fucking go back in their holes and you get, you wait a whole other day, motherfucker. And then when they are out, they're going to do something and you can interact with it kind of. And if you do it right, you can kiss them and you got to kiss everybody to finish the game. Or if you do it wrong, they're probably going to murder you immediately or especially early in the game. Basically everything you interact with, you interact with the wrong will kill you on the spot. Yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Um, you like get on the monkey bars or like the spinning globe or whatever. You, you, you just instantly like murder you. Hel- yeah, you start the game with like five health, I think, and the monkey bars yeah. do twenty damage when you get on. Yeah. Them. <laughs> and the 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 biggest thing for me, especially as somebody who just like came in and just was trying to play it without like, because it does come with like a mini strategy guide. In, yes. In the the, in the like release. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The PS2 <clears throat> book is like a guide because they have to be. Yeah. Um. But I didn't want to use it, and so I was just trying to interact with everything. But, like, nothing gives you... There's no, like, clear indication of how much something will or won't hurt. No. Um That one's totally... hope you saved, motherfucker. Yeah. Um, And so it's a... Like, you know, I, I wrote a whole thing about it that was basically about this, like, weird love-hate relationship that I have with the game. Because I, I found it really miserable to play. I I think about it a lot. I think about it constantly. I think it's a really like fascinating, incredible game. Uh, there's a lot of stuff I love about it. I also yeah. sometimes think, oh, I should replay Tulip. And then I'm like, no, I shouldn't. Like <laughs> that game is annoying to play. I, it's a bad game to play. <laughs> yeah. So I, so I watched this and I really liked it. And then I, I loaded up and played a little bit and I was like, yeah, no, I, was, I can't, I can't do this. Um, I just want to move around. There's a difference between watching a game and like getting your hands on it. Even if you don't yeah. play it a- enough, I want to know how, the kid moves. I want to like feel the town a little bit myself. There's just a vibe that you can't replicate through watching a thing. Yeah. Uh, for me, like, you know, if you can't do that, it's fine, but it, it is, it is good if you have the opportunity. Um, yeah. The thing about this is your piece. Do you mind if I uh, talk about your piece a little bit? I feel like yeah. this is, could be excruciating. <laughs> so I, I will, I will not do it if you don't want to. You, no, you can talk about it. This is like the one piece of old writing that I still have. Like, I'm like that, that was definitely like of a time. But I feel good mm. about it. So um, this piece went up on uh, Zeal, uh, which yeah. is a video game public- publishing sh- short form project. Is is still around? I don't actually follow any of that scene anymore. Um, I assume not. I assume it wound down at some point quietly. Yeah, I feel like it quietly wound down. Um, um, so this is from March of 2015. I think that's <clears throat> important context. <laughs> yeah. Um, but your piece is weird because it's barely about Tulip to me. It's mostly about the experience of liking a thing that you have identified as not not manly back yeah. when, you know, identifying as male. You know, you raised, raised as a boy, you lived through boyhood. Well, we've all lived through boyhood. It fucking sucks here. Um, and just the, like, the the frustration of, like, I like this thing and because I feel like I have to laugh at it, I'm going to be dismissive of it, even though I wish I could just be earnest, which is yeah. like, that's the fucking, that's the boyhood experience to me. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other thing that I, it was about as a, so there's like a couple of things that it was about. Also, some of it was, and this is the reason why I think the piece still works for me, um, is that I was definitely writing in a type of, like games journalism that that was big at the time which was like using games and then you like talk about yourself a lot yeah it's, um, it's like the personal confessional yes um, which is still a 
look, there were so many pieces that I rolled my <laughs> eyes at for for some legitimate reasons and some hater reasons when like The Last of Us 2 came out and there were all the articles about like, I identify with this lesbian relationship. I'm like, well, it's written by a guy who says it's about Palestine. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, whatever. We're not getting The Last of Us yeah. 2 here. But like, people still write like this. Yeah. Um, and I, I had been doing writing like this and when, especially when I got to this piece, what I was thinking about was like, I I was trying to work through my feelings about Tulip and a lot of that was tied up in my own feelings about gender. Mm. It was also tied up in the ways that I think like Tulip is really interesting and fascinating and also a miserable game to play. Mm. Um, and so like the title of the piece is a better lover, which people, you know, can go and find it if they want to find it. Um, and some of it too was like, that title being a, a dual, like, part of me saying, I wish that Tulip was a better lover, that, like, was a better game to play, that was, like, giving me more of the stuff that I wanted it to actually be doing, like, beyond what is also interesting in it, but, like, even going further with that. But mm. then also being, like, actually, I think I need to be, like, the better lover because I'm putting all of this stuff on this game. And is that, like, the conclusion of the whole piece to me is, like, it's too much to ask for a game to, like be the thing that would fix uh i was transgender and grew up as a boy (laughs) like i that's actually like really unfair to put on the game itself um but this is like a mode that i've been writing in and so this was also like basically one of the last pieces of games writing that i did because i just wrote this and i was like i don't know if like this kind of writing is what i want to do anymore but i also don't entirely know how to pivot into something else so um and then it's also weird, I got like, like a, a different job. So yeah, this, this is such a dominant, like out of new games journalism, which is like a, if you don't know, is like a mode of writing about video games that tied in like personal essays. It was like putting, putting subjectivity and like craft quote unquote into video game writing to make it beyond like a product review into something that was more like conversational. Um, yeah, there's a whole history of it. It's gone through multiple different forms, but the, a form that arose, um, Especially, I think of like Lee Alexander as like a vanguard of this. I like, I mm-hmm. really liked her writing. It's one of the things that got me into wanting to cover video games more thoughtfully. Um, the, the version that became like the woman's confessional and then like the queer confessional as a piece of like, you know, nonfiction essay writing through video yeah. games. Like this game relates to my identity and that identity is brought through memories and experiences that I relate to you that I tie back into the video game. Um, which, is like the the writerly equivalent of like the empathy machine, which is like a way of perceiving games that was in vogue at the time in a big way, um, where games allow you to experience the thing outside of yourself and thus inc- increase your empathy for someone who has a different experience with you. There's a lot of problems. We're not going to get into them in this, in this podcast, <laughs> I don't think. But we both lived this, right? Like we went yeah. through this. And it's not like the confessional is not a useful mode to write things in. Um, Dia. We're both friends with Dia. Um, Dia writes almost entirely in the personal confessional essay. It's just not as wrapped up into like selling her identity to an audience to consume to feel better about themselves, which is the yeah. thing that this mode often gets stuck into when it's going for like the most basic commercialization of it. And it's a commercialization like you get a regular column at Kotaku. No one's actually making money off of this because writing in video games is a dead end. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, the other stuff that happened around the time that I wrote this um, is, like, Gamergate happened. Like, yeah. this was sort of towards the end of that. Um, and then also, in the wake of that, I I did a, like, interactive nonfiction piece called All Tomorrow's Parties, um, which, interestingly, is, like, one of the main ways that Autumn and I first 
uh, connected is that they played that game. Um, but I, I made that game and then, and I put it out and it was also in sort of this confessional mode. Um, and then like a month later, I had someone tell me that they used it in like a, a class that they like, you know, used to like teach about some games thing. Um, mm. and I was like, that's fine. But also like there was this, this bizarre, I had like made this like very small personal thing that I didn't really even know if anybody was going to play just about like working through gender feelings. Um, and then being like, Oh, this is like being taught to a class of, of like probably predominantly cis people. Um, and so I then was at like the, the queerness in games conference, um, that year and I had it and I was like, they had me do like a, a postmortem sort of thing about it. And I was like, my, my postmortem was basically like, I put this out and, uh, I put it out, like, hoping that other trans people would find it and get something from it, and now cis people are getting stuff from it, and that's, like, fine, I guess, but it's not what I wanted, and I don't think I'm going to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. um, so all of that was, like, part of this, like, me just moving out of the style of uh, both, like, writing games as well as games writing. So That's fair. Yeah. I, uh, we all have our path. I mean... By the time you wrote this article and did this game, we were doing abnormal mapping, right? Like, our... Mm-hmm. Our perception of this was, like, I think maybe a year before this, I probably wrote the one Twine game I wrote. I'm not telling you where you can find it, um, (laughs) because I'm never going to do anything with it. And I have thoughts about what I don't like about it that I wasn't willing to talk about through my stuff when I wrote it. Um, This one, I I, I just clicked at it, and I'm like, I don't think I ever played this one. I was probably not following this sort of Twine as closely at the time. Um, Yeah. But I was playing a lot of time games, so there's not there's a very real chance I played this and totally forgot that I've done that. Um, um, the funniest thing about All Tomorrow's Parties is that I found out that it was written uh, in a paper in um, uh, I fr- I think it might be like Spanish or something. I forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was at like some other university, uh, but then they described it as being about a bisexual man having like. Uh, feelings around like cross-dressing and I was like you did not understand the game (laughs) (laughs) Um, so anyway uh, but yeah um, yeah, I feel like just, we, we were extremely crossing paths back at this time. Like, it's really you know, weird because like we were just in such different versions of the circle and yeah. um, part of the session Gamergate happened like our because we were like, how much do we want to talk about it and make it part of our podcast? A lot of the other podcasts that were in our peer group um, basically pivoted to talking about the culture war, you know, at broad, like what we refer to as like that stuff now, just as like their main mode of interaction with stuff. And I was like, I'm here to play old games. I don't, I don't really want to talk about what new horrible thing people have done online this week. And so we decided basically to not talk about it other than to be upfront that like, obviously we, we stand uh, against all this stuff and then watch everyone become anti gamergate like brain poisoned for years. And it was like, man, we fucking dodged a bullet on that one. All those podcasts that were pivoting are dead. They're gone. The people who did them, many of them I don't like. <laughs> still are the ones who are still around online some of them just disappeared into the ether forever you know um it was a weird time it was a fucking weird time and i was like we're just gonna stay the course and we're gonna keep playing games um yeah because it's always been i always want to do the criticism that comes out of the thing in front of me and not i i, I do, partially it's because it's really hard to talk about like being non-binary because it's so ill-represented in games one way or another um 
my perception of gender is just weird and doesn't really align with what the culture is making at all. Um, so I, I, I don't do it. Like identity criticism has just never been a thing that I like doing that much. Cause I don't see anything that speaks to my feelings on it ever. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, girl <laughs> games, boy games, uh, transgender games, they all are alienating in their own unique, special ways. Um, it's fine. <laughs> and we explore them as they lie in front of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, um. It's also funny to me the ways that we, like, we're ships passing the night. Yes. there's like a, there's a way that I think you feel about Lee Alexander that's different for me because, like, I was targeted by Gamergate because she, like, retweeted one of my blog posts, like, mm. right before it happened. Like, I, I was not, like, friends with her, but, like. I, I mean, I've never yeah. exchanged a single word with her. I found her a work well before Gamergate, like, years before yeah. Gamergate. Um some of the only stuff that I found myself like actually responding to in the space that wasn't just like historic histories. Um, like I read Lee Alexander and I read a lot of one up when they were doing like retrospectives of games I'd never heard of. They have normal, yeah. like abnormality exists because retronauts not exists, right? Like pre pre current incarnation, like the original one up retronauts is heavily influenced on what we do. Yeah. Um, but, um, by the time Gamergate had happened, like, you know, because we were doing the work and like, I was in, I was not interested in the new games that were coming out and she was still writing. Like, I didn't really engage with her work that much at that point. Um, yeah. And all that stuff blowing up and it just felt, cause it hadn't been the first time, right? Like you were in it. This stuff, this stuff happened every three months about something and then it'd be yeah. bad and then it would kind of go away. And this one just kind of never went away. And it was so fucking weird to watch. Like, we're just doing this forever now. This is the forever war. We found the forever war. Yeah. Um, back then I was also, uh, on a on a Chrono Cross podcast, uh, <laughs> like an episode uh, mm-hmm. of a podcast called One More Turn, um, which like that's how I I got to know um, Todd Harper, who I like not really in touch with anymore, but we mm-hmm. used to be friendly. Um, like various other people, like Alex Roberts, who is more of like a tabletop RPG space person. Mm-hmm. Um, Muscular Pikachu is her her or at least was her Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. Um, which I always thought like the reasoning of uh, sometimes you'll pick a, a username and then you'll regret it later because like, you'll just be a different person. And so she picked one that she instantly regretted um, just to like get the process over with. Uh, but that's yeah. also like uh, Cameron Kunzelman was also yeah. like a guest on that podcast, um, which is just like weird now kind of also crossing paths, but not really talking to Cameron still. <laughs> yeah. So, me and Cameron are like mutuals and we barely interact that much. Yeah. Uh, cause Cameron just uses the internet differently than I use the internet fundamentally. Yeah. But I would call us like friendly, you know? Yeah. We interact every once in a while. Um, I could get Cameron on a podcast if I wanted to. I'm pretty confident in that fact. <laughs> yeah, probably. And then I, I would go, I, believe I would get him on, I would get him on a video game podcast and I would, I would insist on demanding why he's so weird about horror movies. Why does he like everything that's bad and hate everything that's good? <laughs> Yeah. Um. Do yeah. Want, uh, do we want to talk about Julep? <laughs> oh, sorry. I. I it's weird because, like, when we when I talk about your piece, I have to talk about that thing because yeah. it's like we both lived it. It was weird. It's still weird. Um. We were we were toiling in obscurity the entire time. No one gave a shit about us. It was really only when Austin found us that we blew up at all. Um. And he only found us because of Gundam. Like, like we were, yeah. we were nobodies. Um, it was fucking weird how that all worked out. Cause we didn't, we've never changed how neural mapping works, right? Like, you've listened to it, you know, we, yeah. we have not done a single thing differently other than we got older and a little better at it. Um, 
not once have we, have we uh, deflected. <laughs> anyway, Chillip. So, um, yeah, you're a little boy going around collecting kisses. You do a bunch of stuff for everyone. I, I looked at this game and I was like, fuck, this is just Moon. This is everything I like about Moon. It's like way more punishing in a way that I don't like. Um, yeah. And I was, so I looked up Punchline and they've made two games, Tulip and Rule of Rose, which is the uh, the girls' school horror game for the PS2. Uh, that is infamous. I've never actually played it or watched it. I don't know anything about Rule of Rose other than I know that a certain type of person loves Rule of Rose. But Punchline, the company, is made up of former Love to Leak people. Love to Leak are the people who made fucking Moon Remix RPG Adventure. Maybe the my favorite game we've played for abnormal mapping up there mm. top five it in makes fact sense. the guy the guy who directed and wrote uh tulip is was a scenario writer on on moon yeah that makes sense yeah composer same guy like and yeah. moon is like a is like a kid playing an uh, like a super nintendo rpg it's a it's a playstation game originally but it just got an english translation a couple years back you get on everything i think sure shut I up siri i'm talking with my hands i'm gonna take my watch off <laughs> um and um it's about you're in an art you're in an rpg world like a dragon questy kind of world um where the hero already came through and kind of fucked everything up for everybody and you're here to like do side quests for all the npcs to put their lives back together by connecting them with things they love and you grow you do quests to grow love and the love allows you because you have like a limited very limited energy pool and the more love you get the more you can expand out in the world and meet new people and do stuff just like tulip (laughs) it's just tulip (laughs) except you don't get murdered as often though honestly I feel like Moon is only is like gentler, but it's basically the same kind of like thing. It it has a day night cycle. Uh, you you go further and you do more. In some ways, it's more punishing because Tulip you can stay out all you can stay out for as long as you want, and Moon is more mediated on you can't go very far because you don't have very much energy until you start getting love, and then once you level up, then you can start going places and you you aren't just like tethered to two screens away from your house. Whereas Tulip, you can kind of just immediately go anywhere. And the the main thing is if you get hit by anything, you're fucking dead. Yeah. I mean, the the worst thing about being out at night is that it's just like the police officer will be around and shoot you. Yeah. <laughs> and stuff the like Grim that. Grim Reaper will so. be in the other zone yeah. and fucking try to kill you. Yes. Yeah. Or everyone's asleep, so there's nothing to do. Yeah. Um, you can buy a manga and sit on a park bench and advance the clock if, by if whatever... If you picked a good manga, because if you buy, it's seemingly random, yeah. you buy the manga, and if it's a bad manga, Tulip will just throw it away. And if it's a good yep. manga, it'll pass more time, and you can use it more times. Yep. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just found it so charming, the way in which it understands games about space mastery, but not in like a domination sort of way, just in a... It is about understanding the people around you and their wants and needs and the world that you live in and its dangers, but also its potentials. Um, I think that's like a thing that video games broadly can do really well and v- rarely do with any sort of consideration. Um, Moon's one, a great one of those. Like Animal Crossing is obviously the like frictionless Nintendo version of this, but is one of these in a, in a very real way. Um, and uh, I love it. I think it's so cool yeah i was so taken with you i was like man this is this game is fucking neat yeah um truly a let's play might be the best way to experience tulip because there's so much that like i'm tempted to just watch the let's play of it just to like i watched yeah yeah yeah, just to like experience it again because um there's a lot that i i enjoy about it but i just don't want the experience of like Oh, the, one of the biggest things that just gets me when I think about playing it is how slow you walk compared yes. to how fast the clock moves. 
You do um, get a dash. It takes a long time, but you do yeah. get a dash. Yeah, you do. <laughs> takes forever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. um I, yeah, I was I was thoroughly charmed by it. I think it's super neat, and it's one of those games where, like, much like every like you talk about in your piece, I think everyone of our age bracket remembers when it was like a GameSpot exclusive, and it was like twenty bucks. And so they, and it was like, because it was exclusive, because like GameStop was like, we'll, we'll help distribute it in America. It was like in a fucking, like they had the deal with Natsume, it was like in a fucking checkout purchase stand. Like it goes in the spot where like, uh, Rogue Galaxy went a couple years later at the very end of the PS2's yeah. life cycle. Um, where it was like, I guess you could pick this up if you're a dumbass and you have an extra 20 bucks and they just kind of sat forever and no one bought it. A Rebel Galaxy or Rogue Galaxy is a much better choice because Rogue Galaxy is like a shiny anime RPG. I, that game seemed boring as fuck to me. I don't know. I never played it. Yeah, I um, also had Rogue Galaxy, another one that I bought for the same reason that I talk about in the piece with 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 Tulip, where it's like it sat there so long and just like the price dropped and it just like yes. like I I have the actual image of my copy in there where the mm. front is just so sun bleached and that's from it just yes. being in the GameStop. And it's got the 999 GameSpot sticker yeah. on it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, 999 new. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, and it also with Rogue Galaxy and Rogue Galaxy, way worse game than Tulip. I mean, yeah. uh, plays better, but like in terms of what you actually want. Yeah. Worse game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd if, if, you, if you insist on playing it and you can't emulate a PS2, um, it is on PSN. It's part of like the re-release. You can get it for like 10 bucks, I think. Yeah. So. Um, I do implore anybody who wants to play it to use that little mini strategy guide. Yeah. I don't know how you could play that game without extensive notes. You, if you didn't have notes, you would have to develop them, right? Cause yeah. it's, it's so much about like, okay, this guy's going to come out of his hole from, from like 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. and he's going to, he's going to take off in a rocket. And sometimes the rocket's just going to crash and he's going to be sad. And sometimes the rocket's going to land correctly. And you can only kiss him when the rocket lands correctly, but it's totally random. You can't do a fucking thing about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, you need to be checking the trash cans periodically yes. because there are important items that you're going to need later on. Uh, but you do need to watch your health because sometimes there's poop in there and it will break your heart. <laughs> yeah. 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 Man, there's some reveals in that game that are so wild. <laughs> the reveal about the principal of the school, because the, yeah. the plot, such as it is, is mostly about these teachers that are all kind of like, they're not, they're kind of striking, but they're mostly just having a big fucking work politics pissing match with each other. Um, and it's revealed who the principal is and how it all goes, comes together is so fucking wild. It's like the very yeah. last thing you get before the end yeah. of the game. Uh, it's very good. <laughs> I'm losing um, my mind. <laughs> but there's like uh, there's like a whole segment where you go into you 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 get your you get it like a oh you're a plucky kid getting a tour of factory you're present for a day a uh, little thing and you get a little sash and a hat and you go into this factory and the factory is like a thousand identical rooms where workers all have numbers and all they do is tear build factories then work in the factories then tear down the factories over and over and over again like they're constantly getting renewed on like just a seemingly random ass schedule as everyone tries to rise from rank 1000 to rank one where you become the president of the company and it's just like the most like on the nose, but charming because it's just going for the thing. Like, yes, the adult world is a soulless grind where everyone just has a number and isn't a real person and their ambitions are for nothing. And here's this little kid fucking trying to mess with it to get a thing done, <laughs> interacting with this thing. It's very cute. I love it a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I always think about the alien as well. 
uh, and you have to get like the dictionary to be able to yes. communicate. Yes. Um, and the, the one, there's like a bunch of words. I, I don't remember all of them. Uh, but I remember cream equals refrigerator. Mm-hmm. That's like, uh, stuck in my head. Yeah. Um, there's like, uh, there was one others that, um, it was like, I think home run is tomorrow. I think that's the other one that I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's also like, uh, I forget what no was. It was like some Japanese word. Do not remember. Don't ask me. Um, no, I'm just looking this up. But, uh, um, yeah, oh, Daifuku, it's... which is like the, oh, right, yes. Yeah, filled mochi. Yep. Um, yeah, that means no. <laughs> Do you ever play Chibi Robo? The composer for this did the Chibi Robo yes. soundtrack, which is a yeah. beloved game of mine. Um, yeah. Chibi has Robo's a different great. vibe, but he's also <laughs> one of those like, oh, wacky Japanese, but mostly about like understanding a space and how to care for people with video games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a great game. Um, I mean, unsurprising, this is the thing I talk about a lot with video games, but I think it's true of like, you know, Chibi Robo, um, Tulip, stuff like that, is that mm. what I want more than anything when I come to video games is like a world that I enjoy being in. Like, yes. even if it's like a, a hostile world, there's still something yes. like interesting about occupying that space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just find that more interesting than like, like if there's great characters or great story or something, that's like part of the world for me. Um, but, uh, it's different than like, a, a show or a manga where I really want like the characters to be the thing. Um, instead for like a video game, it's like, as long as the world is something I enjoy spending time in, like that's, that's what I really want. Uh, yeah. you know, Katamari, another one where just being in the world is great. <laughs> yes. Um, Yes, absolutely. Katamari may be the most punishing machine of this. It's just so fun. Nobody cares. The Katamari yeah. is a, is a, a game about woe and suffering and failure. Yeah. I like Katamari, but Katamari <laughs> is the most hostile possible world. Um, yeah. And yet it's just, it's like you're, you're encountering all of that, but you're having a good trip, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I just think I just think of that like the one I think it's in we love Katamari the like don't pick up any bears and fucking yes. everything in the levels a bear. <laughs> oh, and then you're like that wasn't a bear, and then you like see it and you're like oh it's it like a, a tiny bear, bear inside co-owner. of a car. Yeah. yeah, it's like oh yeah. my god, how am I supposed to know? <laughs> yeah, there's like a bunch of regular traffic cones, and then one of them just like randomly has like a yeah. tiny bear picture on it, and it's a bear yeah. cone, and you're like fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, it exists only to cause human suffering, yeah. but that's what's delightful about it. <laughs> also, you just have a shitty, neglectful dad who berates you no matter what you do. You can't please that man. He sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that's life. Yeah. Your dad and Tulip, very supportive. He's he's so happy that you're finally kissing anybody. Doesn't yeah. matter who it is. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, the whole, like, extended process. Like, you're just going around kissing all of these people, and then it's like, I need to write the perfect letter to go kiss the girl of my dreams. Yes. is <laughs> so uh funny to me, just as, like, a, a base premise. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I'm really glad that you uh put it in front of me, because it's a game I've known about, obviously. I knew it was the weird kissing game, but uh, at no point had I actually sat down and like thought about experiencing it yeah i mean the other thing this comes up in the piece but like the way that i played it was as a let's play um and 
there, there's a part of me where I'm like, that was like, that also contributed to some of my feelings around it. But there's also a part of me that's like, if I ever played it again, I think uh, like playing it together with someone would also be the way that I would want to return to it because then there's just like all the space for conversation and stuff as well. Yeah. Like while you you're just be waiting the person around who knows the game, showing it to someone who's never experienced it before, but yeah. in a, hopefully a more caring framework than a bunch of uh, youths yucking it up, making yeah. fun of the game. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is what it was initially. So, yeah. um, despite the fact that I, I do genuinely have a lot of affection for it. Um, yeah. Yeah. The the one line from that piece that I remember all the time uh, was wandering around a graveyard trying to get a kiss from a tengu while listening to a discordant acapella jazz track hit a little closer to my own youthful romances than I should probably <laughs> freely admit. <laughs> um. <laughs> the tengu just hanging out. He's vibing. Yeah. He's chilling. The tengu's great. Um. Also, the guy in the bathroom, you like look in the, the peephole into the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, think about that guy all the time. I like the uh, the blue lion who runs the bathhouse. Yeah. He's great. Yeah, the lion's fantastic. All time tulip guy. Yeah. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Not the cop. Fuck that cop. That cop's a creep. Yeah, I fucking he's, hate the cop. He's like a mascot cop. He's like, um, like he's in a mascot suit, but he, he's not. He's just <laughs> this guy. He just has an enormous cop head. Yeah, like it's like the psychopath. Uh, <laughs> Cops. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And when you get when you get five crime breaks, you go to the graveyard, which is the prison underneath the graveyard. Yeah. Um, the part where you just have to break crimes in yeah. order to progress is great. Yeah, <laughs> or totally break good. laws, you have to commit yeah. crimes. That's great. Um, what a game! Yeah, it was really good. Uh, highly recommend people check it out. If you can't, like I said, that Let's Play is pretty good. Um, I think it, it starts, and I think the guy's a little annoying, but I think it mellows out as they get more used to... I think it's more used to the rhythms of the game. Um, it is really funny how little they get done when he's controlling it versus his wife, though, because she just knows what the fuck she's doing. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's the game, you know? Yeah. I think that's it. I think so. Um, thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed whatever the fuck this was. Talking about everything. <laughs> Again, we'll be back next week with uh, more sagas. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Um, 180 to 215. Thank you. Um, and uh, who knows what else? Probably probably video games. Who can say? Um, yeah, because we talk, can't talk about movies still. The strike's yeah. still going. Yeah. I think that you could have talked about the thing you bleeped out on uh, non homophobies. I think it's really funny that you bleep it out. Yeah, I bleeped it out because it was funny. <laughs> yes, no, I know. <laughs> um, the second time, especially, was just purely yeah. it's funny it to bleep this out. Anyway, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Foxmomnia on basically anything that I'm on uh, Twitter, co host. Um, blue sky i've been bad about like using most of them i've tried to get slightly better about using twitter main um that's mm-hmm. the one thing i i've like tried to get a little bit better at um since we last recorded anyway uh go listen to my other podcasts uh all the other ones are on export audio uh if you go to export you can support the network or you can just see links to, to the podcast um ornate stairwells is like on hiatus we're just doing the non-homophobia zone um which is a thing that 
usually existed in those episodes. And now it's the whole thing. Uh, we're reading through Ikoku Nikki currently. Um, and then we still haven't like really decided what we're doing next, but, um, that's coming up faster than I think. I feel like we only have like two or three more Ikokunuki episodes. I am just listening to the Ikokunuki stuff, but I think I need to read that next time I feel in the mood for it because I think I would fucking love it. It sounds really good. Yeah, it's it. It is definitely. Uh, I've enjoyed it a lot. So yeah. Um, and then uh, a manga that is also really good and is also my favorite piece of media ever. Nana. Uh, that's what we're currently doing on Ghost Divers. Um. I, I don't know why you'd read some Yuri Bay like that. I feel like, uh... Yeah. <laughs> the sigh, the sigh <laughs> that was just given to me. Um, so far, when we're recording this, there are two episodes out. There's, like, the intro episode, and then the yeah, first discussion then, episode on the first yes. volume. Um, yes. I, I don't know if you've listened to the first discussion episode <laughs> on volume I have, one. yes, I have okay. listened to that. Um, I genuinely don't know if it's good or not because towards the end of it, like while we were talking about the red dress, um, Mm. my child had a night terror and I had to like step away for like a half hour or something to deal with that. Um, and then get, got back and I managed to like edit it where you, like you don't really notice the scene. I would say that there is a distinct fall off in in energy. Specifically from me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, I feel like every time this will hopefully not be true going forward, but right now autumn does turn into a pumpkin halfway through every podcast. So, oh, on, on, on stairwells on basically anything autumn records. Yeah. Autumn's going through it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. On, on ghost divers, uh, there was the, the night terror. Um, and so I like, don't remember at all what we talked yeah, about yeah. for volume one. But um, hopefully it's good. Yes, I, I realized I was conflating the two in my head because I listened to them back to back. This is yeah. what happened to me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, and then, uh, but the the one that we did on like the first six chapters, which is like yeah. volume two and half of volume three. Um, not out yet. That's not, not yet. out yet, but I think that was a really good episode. So. All right. Um, just putting that out there. Right. Um, and then uh, Pondering Putan with Ajishiro Taro and Hachimitsu Boy. Um it's it's a podcast it's i think it's good but it's weird i never know how to explain what it is <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah what about you where can people find you can you? find me on twitter at em underscore being you can find me on blue sky and i think em dash being and then co-host at em being or one of those might be reversed i don't know i tend to post on main on one of them a day and which one it is is kind of crapshoot whichever one i click the button on um I'm mostly on Twitter, but I do try to use the other ones just enough to keep them alive. Um, I just feel like my engagement on the other ones is really bad. A lot of my friends are like, oh, Blue Sky is where I like get the most likes and stuff. And I'm like, I'm not seeing it. And nobody yeah. talks to me on Blue Sky. Um, like my friends do, but like randos don't ever talk to me. Or sorry, on, on Coast. Nobody, like, I don't know. I feel like I don't get the engagement that I do. Maybe it's because I have a lot of, I don't have a like, I don't have like a Jackson number, but I have a lot of followers on main. I have like 3,700 or something. And so if I post on main, usually I get someone replying to me about, pretty much anything that isn't like a promotion because no one ever replies to promotions i don't know why you should do that if you like a thing tell someone you liked it and then retweet it me not even in that hour you can retweet it and then tell him like after you watched it. i don't care um but um i just don't get the engagement on the other ones and so i feel like i'm posting into the void a little bit um and i'm like if i want if i wanted like three likes on a thing i could just stay on all <laughs> i have my yeah. three friends who will like everything i fucking post <laughs> And I, I know them. They're like my besties. Um, 
I'm trying to make the effort anyway. It's just hard. I, I wish, I wish Twitter, would, at this point, I wish Elon would just search for Twitter and we all fucking leave it. And we could all find another place to go and we can all have to figure it out together. But this half-assed, like, non-death that Twitter's going through while everyone else scrambles to, like, figure out how they're going to exist on three platforms is tedious. Yeah. And I'm just not here for it. I don't know. I've been, I've also been sick, so I just haven't been posting much. Like, I was homesick. I did nothing but watch YouTube and have my brain leak out my ears for three days. And then I had to work from home and I was so tired. And now I'm working back at my job because they want me back at my job. But like I'm, my energy level is not where it needs to be. And so I'm just not online. I'm not paying attention. I'm not really reading the Discord that much. Um, I'm not on Twitter like I am. I just am not around. Um, yeah. Because uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm, like at, I, I'm like at a generous 70% of like my normal personhood right now. Um so it sucks out here, but I'm doing my best. If you'd like to listen to my podcast, go to normalmapping.com. Uh, the most recent abnormal mapping came out on Demon Rush. I think that episode is a classic abnormal mapping special where all we do is talk about how important it is to have a good jump button and spaces to use it in and the weirdness that comes out of thinking about that for 30 years. Um, I really, I'm really proud of that episode. I feel like it's not going to be a popular yeah. one because nobody gives a shit about that game, but mm, I think it's good. Yeah. Game's good, too, um, if you like such things. Uh, and then we'll be doing Shenmue next month, which I'm already playing a bunch of. And That's uh, it. That's that, a hell of a game. That that game might be as good as everyone said it is. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, as good. Maybe a game worth being intensely abnormal about for 30 years, however long people have been weird about 23 years. However long people have been weird about Shenmue might be warranted a little bit uh yeah. it's pretty it's pretty special um but i'm looking forward to talking about that that'll be our 10-year anniversary other than that i'm still doing all the other stuff we're starting gundam double o on ggp um you probably know about all that i feel like nobody just listens to this one uh listen watch me and dia play flower sun and rain because that's my favorite thing i do every week and yeah it's good uh, yeah i'm i'm really excited we're getting through it we're like a third of the way through flower sun and rain and uh i'm excited for what we got lined up next and all of that so look forward to that we'll be back next week hopefully nothing disastrous happens to either of us in the intervening seven days yeah realize i have to wait a week for people to hear this and i'm like ah i know i know i know (laughs) yeah it sucks i don't usually record with this this much of a lead time the biggest one we usually have is voip life which is usually recorded on saturday and comes out that friday um but a week wednesday to wednesday that's ridiculous i don't know how any, i don't know how anyone does it who like keeps their podcast in a can couldn't be me um i do it with ghost divers and it it's mostly just a like i really want to make sure that like episodes come out like you know every other week on time um and so that's yeah. why we do it that way uh yeah. so if there are disruptions we have like time to to fill it in but then that, sometimes i'm like i recorded that and it's not gonna go out for three fucking weeks i don't even know what i did three weeks yeah. ago by the time it's up yeah yeah absolutely yeah um please look forward to whatever jackson has to say for the week in review because jackson doesn't listen to these podcasts but then has to try to summarize them in a single tweet <laughs> it's never not funny it's never not funny does jackson <laughs> truly not listen to around the long fire i thought they sometimes I listen think to jackson this. does listen sometimes but not all that often and d- definitely not in time to promote them yeah three that's days after they go up <laughs> um and I don't tell Jackson what's in them, so Jackson has to just kind of go on what I did the promo tweet of, or like anything that's yeah, been mentioned episode in description, like the group chat. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the best was one like um, it was a it was a Final Fantasy Tactics one. Um, mm. 
Oh yes, <laughs> it was like the event clock, and I was like, I mean, it was just a reference to a time Ramza died, and I resurrected <laughs> Ramza in time, and it was fine. But the episode wasn't about any of that. It was like one event that happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like how the the non homophobia zone that I, you know, recently put out had the the bleeped uh, director's name, and then being like, yeah. it's about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where in fact it was just a funny line that yeah yeah. I thought should be the title. Okay, we have to go because my voice hurts. So yeah, I should go to bed. We'll be back next week. Until then, we are out of the podcast. We are out of the podcast.